0: Welcome to the She Wore Black Podcast. I'm Agatha Andrews. Today I've invited author Antonia Rachel Ward to talk about her new novella, Marionette. I wanna issue content warnings for both this book and the episode, which are sexually explicit. The book has violence, mutilation, and dubious sexual consent as well. We don't discuss these things in detail, but we discuss the content as the horror she intended. Once you understand her intentions, everything in the book makes sense. Marionette is not currently available in my online bookshop, but you can support the podcast with book purchases made with my link. That's at bookshop.org shop She Wore Black. You can also help out the show by following She Wore Black on Twitter and Instagram and leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Now on to the show. Well, welcome to the show, Antonia. I'm so pleased to have you here today.
1: Hi, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, we have seen this beautiful book cover for Marionette online, but it's brand new this week. Congratulations on the release thank of you. this novella. Why don't you tell our listeners what the book is about?
1: Um, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, um, So Marionette is a novella, it's about... Um, a young artist named George who travels to Paris. Um, It's set in 19th century, late 19th century. And he uh, meets a beautiful exotic dancer called Cece um, and falls in love with her right away. Um, um, But she has been sort of solicited by a hypnotist to do a very special show. And um, things go a little dark from there. She becomes possessed uh, by a vengeful spirit. And uh, yeah, things get get dark and nasty from then on, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I learned about your novella through horror Twitter instead of from the romance community, which is interesting because it very much falls in line with the erotica of writers like Tiffany Reese, Um, who in her books, she uses a Faustian bargain instead of possession in the way that you do, but it's very similar in tone in that way. And Sierra Simone, who's another like beloved erotica writer, And it also has the darkness of romance novels by Mila Vane and Cressley Cole in her Immortals After Dark series. There is a lot of crossover happening now between genres, romance and horror in particular, but did you have a vision of what genre audience you wanted to appeal to with this? (laughs)
1: I'm... To be honest, I think that's a really interesting question and I've got a bit, I'm not really familiar with any of the authors you mentioned. Oh, okay. Um, I don't read a lot of romance and I didn't think of it as a romance at all um, when I was writing it. In fact, to me, I feel like, it, I personally feel like it doesn't work well as a, if you consider it a romance because they're not particularly great characters, like they're not nice characters, they're not especially likeable characters. Um, what I, I I consider it to be erotic horror, um, because the eroticism, the sex, is part of the fear, and it's kind of in its in a way about your fear of your darkest desires, and um, you know the characters are living in a an era where there's a lot of repression of that sort of thing. Um, so insofar as Romance goes there's there's not really the kind of healthy relationship sexuality and stuff that I personally would want to have in a romance um so for me, yeah, it's very much horror, gothic horror. <laughs> that's how I intended it.
0: I told you before we started recording that I was going to do like a separate recorded response in to some Goodreads things, but actually I think you just took care of it. I don't need to do that because it was basically going to be addressing what you were just saying. And mm-hmm. I think you did a very good job, especially when you're talking about fear of your darkest desires, because I think where some of the confusion on Goodreads is coming in is that people think it is a romance. And it, I didn't read it as such when I read the book, um, because as you said, the it's not about the relationship between George and Cece, it's more of an, and I didn't even really see it as erotica. Which is erotica is yeah. is a, a personal sexual journey. I'm like, well, what is this? What 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 category does this fall into? And I think you responded yeah. really well because it's not a personal sexual journey, and it's not about the relationship. It's a horror story that's erotic, and that's yeah, exactly. That's like, a, I even, sorry,
1: that's really I important. For I people even to know. say it's a love story um you know they barely talk to each other right um George falls in love as he sees it and he has to reconcile what his society expects of him with what he actually wants so what he sees he sees himself as falling in love with this girl that he likes to imagine is a, an entirely different person than what she actually is um he tries to picture her as a a nice virtuous girl which is not her personality um and I think a lot of the story especially with the possession narrative is about seeing somebody in a way that is just not who they actually are
0: yes because while like their few interactions together are while they are possessed. So I'm like, yes. they're not really in love. You know, they're no. not. It, it was just really interesting to try. So I'm very glad I got to ask you that question because I think that just kind of took care of all of it. And when I could, and I did not put my own Goodreads review yet because I felt like I needed to have this conversation first. So I really want to put out there, listeners, that that, that actually does take care of a lot of the narrative questions regarding what what's the objective of the the sexual element and i think you as you said fear of your darkest desires is like the perfect way to talk about this
1: yeah and then and another thing that i i wanted to add is um i actually wanted the key relationship in this book not to be george and Stacey but Cece and the ghost that's possessing her yeah, um, yeah. without giving away any, yes, any spoilers. Yes. Um, that for me is what I, is the relationship that I consider to be the most important and what she experiences and learns from that ghost. Um, so that's what I try to centralize really.
0: I frequently talk about how I I think that horror is doing a lot of exploration of both romance and erotica incorporated into their work and I frequently talk about how they really the worlds of romance and horror really need to talk to each other because this confusion happens when they don't you know (laughs) and I think like me telling you that about like Tiffany Reese or um Cressley Cole or Milla and you didn't know who they were. Like, in, yeah. um, and I think that's going to be true for any of my horror listeners. I don't know how many of them will know Sierra Simone or Tiffany Reese or any of them. Like Milla I'm going to show you the book cover, not that anyone else will see it. Um, A Heart of Blood and Ashes was one of the biggest books last year, um, when it came out. And I did not finish it because it didn't really work for me. Um, it works for a lot of people that love like an alpha male, um, even yeah. though the heroine is very, very strong. You know, he's just kind of a, a, a little bit old school for me. <laughs> so, yeah. But one of the things about it is like there's a scene in there, headphones on people who might be listening in a public space. There's a scene in this book in, in Heart of Blood and Ashes where she's giving It's a danger bang. And she's giving the male main character a blowjob while she's covered in blood. And it's the blood of her brother who she just killed in a life like life or death situation. It was like basically one or the other. And she won in that situation. So she's like covered in her brother's blood and uses that while she's giving him a (laughs) blowjob. It's like, It wasn't for me, but a lot of people loved the entire book, not just, but I mean, that book had scenes like this. And so for people on Goodreads who may have issue with some of the things you have in this book, it's just kind of interesting to me that like these things that you're writing about are also found in the world of romance and erotica but the context is different and they're unfamiliar with what to do even though I'm like you all it's kind of the same thing like you yeah. all loved this book last year but you know <laughs> it's, it, yeah, when it's, it's coming different. from an unfamiliar place you don't know what to do with it so yeah. um it's kind of interesting, interesting.
1: I'm gonna to have to check out some of these authors um, yeah <laughs> there's,
0: a, <laughs> there's a like Cressley Cole wrote Immortals After Dark and there's a whole phrase that like the Faded Mates podcast started as like a podcast dedicated to that series um and it's evolved into being about the craft of writing romance but uh they talk, they talk about taking the finger and taking the finger is not what you think it is. It is about severing a finger, like for the sake of a situation, you know, and, and I'm just like, wow, you know, these, these things have been in romance for decades, but in a, in a book that's not written for romance and erotica readers, they're like, they don't know what to do with it, but it's like not dissimilar in content. (laughs)
1: So it's it just, so you know, just interesting. Yeah, I, I need I need to learn more about this um, side of romance. I I just I haven't really read anything.
0: Well, and that's why I going back to what I was saying, that's why I think that these worlds really need to talk to each other. I think we would benefit and learn a lot from each other. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, if if we're going to talk about merging genre so y- you use some classic erotic tropes like exhibitionism and i know that that was a favorite of anne rice like in interview with the vampire if you might i don't know if you know that story as much as or, or have read it but um you know there's that scene where uh, at the theater of vampires you know where a woman is there who's been taken against her will it's it's not yeah. consensual um but there's exhibition happening there And in her erotica, like I would open to random pages of Anne Rice's erotica books, and it was always exhibition. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Did you draw on her work at all?
1: Well, you know, I have to admit, I haven't read a lot of Anne Rice at all, Um, but I am a big fan of the Interview with Vampire Film, and I hadn't watched it for years and years, and I just watched it um, a couple of weeks ago, and I saw that scene that you just mentioned, and I went, oh that's where I got it from <laughs> it was in my head yes it, you know they're in Paris as well It, it was obviously in my head because I used to watch that film over and over and I loved it and I hadn't seen it for so long but it, you know it obviously stayed in the back of my mind subconscious
0: <laughs> influence is real you yeah, know Subcon- yeah yeah um so I've not yet had the pleasure of reading your other work but we do share a love of the romantic aesthetic um this book is very this book is very pretty it's very lush is this a staple of your work
1: yeah definitely um I'm a big fan of like classic gothic novels um 18th century 19th century gothic and I'm also a big fan of very descriptive writing um I, I, I like everything to be very real. I like to know all the details. I like to be able to step inside that world and know all the little details that are going on. So, yeah, I would say my cell is pretty descriptive. And, yeah, I try I try to make it simple.
0: Well, now I need to read everything else because... <laughs> <laughs> That is that's my aesthetic. I love that. For those who maybe don't know um, some of your other books from Ghost Orchid Press, is that something you seek out for your for your
1: press as well? Yeah, definitely. I, I have to admit, like my my tastes definitely sort of tend towards sort of more descriptive, lyrical kind of writing. And I'm not so keen on dialogue, to be honest. <laughs> like, <if laughs> hey, I, we all if have I, our
0: favorite things. If you know? I
1: see a page that's just full of dialogue, i do tune out a little bit i I like i like to know where i am in the story and when i critique other people's work and bait of it i always think i want more description here i want more description here yeah especially in the horror like give me more gore i need to know the details
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's funny almost like fairy tale voice but with uh you know more gothic or horror you know elements although fairy tales are pretty pretty creepy too and gross Oh yeah. So I love that you play with patriarchal assumptions about control in this book and I feel like and maybe this is just me but I feel like that's a nod to assumptions about BDSM. Can you speak to this as a writer of, a, of this erotic horror story?
1: Um, so you kind of touched on it a little earlier where you mentioned I'm um, like the alpha male mm-hmm. um, character in one of those books and um, I've picked up a few romance books that have that alpha male dynamic and BDSM and I I thought I would enjoy them and I kind of it wasn't for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um it and and I think there's a part of me that wanted to um almost reverse that a little bit and make the female character a bit more of the dominant one and mm-hmm. the male character sort of being led along um and also just to sort of I, I don't know I just like to ask questions when I'm writing I guess I don't always know the answers but the sort of questions I was asking is like why do we find this kind of dynamic attractive what is it mm-hmm. that we're sort of what is it that we're that, that people sort of like about it you know yeah. um It's, like I said, uh, it's that sort of darkest desires thing. Like in in the case of Marionette, sort of George desires something that he doesn't really understand. He doesn't have any names for. He doesn't know how to um, express that. And so he finds it disturbing and confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was also, um, I was thinking a lot about the sort of Madonna Hall sort of dynamic in sort of Victorian literature where you have the perfect sort of submissive gal and then you have the sort of sexually more aggressive girl like um in Swan Lake the white and yeah. black swan that was a big inspiration of mine as well so
0: I love knowing that oh my gosh that just that brought it next level <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah no i think that's interesting because everybody's got different things that they like and so what's happened a lot with, uh, with the world of romance is the immersion of my favorite kind of hero instead of the alpha, which is, I I love a cinnamon roll, a man who is like full, and it could be a woman too. I mean, just a, a partner who is emotionally mature and full, like doesn't have to grapple with, you know, any elements of toxic masculinity that, I like the conflict to be external in a story for them instead of them having internal conflict unless, and this is just me, I I love love a heroine who also feels like she needs to become whole before she can be a partner for somebody else. Um, And so it's kind of her journey to feeling whole while she's also figuring out that this other person is like wants to meet her where she's at instead of it being like alpha male, you know, let me grab you, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, So that's, but that's my personal preference. Like going back to the ladies at um, Faded Mates, they love, love, love old school alpha males, but they are feminists, so they like to break him in the book before they because they're writers too. Um Sarah yes. McLean is a, like a best-selling romance writer and it's her podcast. She loves to like break her alpha male before he like becomes the person that the heroine needs him to be in order for the relationship to work and so uh you know she leans hard into <laughs> to <into> the alpha <laughs> but she has like the objective of breaking the alpha if you will that's her like breaking the patriarchy metaphor that she likes to lean on so yeah. everybody handles it different everybody comes to these things differently everybody has different preferences um, and you know i will never yuck somebody's yum on that i just want to know where they're coming from you know, and I yeah. love like asking you this to see, and knowing especially that this is strictly a horror novel for you changes the game on on yeah. what this me- means as a reader to me. So um yeah, I'll definitely try to make sure, like, because I walk both worlds, I'll try to make sure to spread the word on that. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, like,
0: um, I
1: I I could say that like, I think that romance must be one of the hardest genres to write Um, and I feel like I'm working towards writing a romance Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's a lot of work that goes into that to make sure that it works correctly that that the characters you know the the characters need to be so good for romance work I think that that they need to be so real and you need to understand why they need each other specifically to be honest I, I you know, I feel like that's something I'm working towards that I, I not,
0: you know. I I love that you said that though, because people assume, first of all, people want the romance money. Romance makes a lot of money and Mm. they think, oh, okay, well I'll just write a romance. It'll be easy um, because (laughs) they know that the end is supposed to end in the happily ever after, right? The H E A. And they're like, oh, it's easy, but it's a craft like anything else. And you have to work on the craft, like you have to work on anything else. And, and people don't really realize that going in so the fact that you know this ahead of time really (laughs) shows like that you understand craft you know and I mean you have a publishing company so I know that you do but it's just kind of interesting how often people think oh I'll just do this and they might they might even self-publish it or whatever I mean there's good stuff and there's not good stuff just like anything else there's going to be good examples and like examples of oh sure this made it (laughs) somehow (laughs) this got out there (laughs) It's not good, <laughs> um, but then that what happens is they don't get return buyers. Like they may try it once, and then they're not going to try another one. Um, yeah. So, well, what do you want fans to know about Marionette that we haven't touched on already?
1: Um, I, I like I really like to talk about my influences. Um, How I did to? mention the, the the ballet stories Swan Lake and Giselle were big influences of mine, but um, I think when writing historical novel for me it's not just a case of a pretty backdrop and nice costumes like I do I wanted to um actually explore the the sort of sexual mores of the time and I read contemporary novels like um Swan's Way which actually has a character called Odette who is kind of a prostitute Um, there's Nana by Zola and um Trilby as well um, and I kind of, I collected all my thoughts about that in Marionette and kind of tried to just uh, relate back to the actual context of the time a bit. And, you know, maybe um, some modern readers feel will look at the characters and think, oh, I don't like their attitudes, but that's, you know, that's me trying to actually recreate the attitudes of the time and link it back to our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, We did, um, a a few of us have been working on an anthology called The Dark Side of Purity, uh, which we did a Kickstarter for a couple of months back. Um, It's all about purity culture. It's full of short stories and comics. It's gonna be gorgeous. Um, And I think that Marionette also has that connection with uh, purity culture, you know, the way the women are seen the way it's so hard to have a healthy relationship in that kind of context that's what I wanted to sort of try and critique really well job well done (laughs) thank you
0: yeah yeah well what a treat it was to have you on the show today so thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for your time Antonia
1: thank you for having me it's been great chatting to you
0: Thanks for joining us today on She Wore Black. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter if you follow the links on our website at sheworeblackpodcast.com. We have some great episodes coming your way, so be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You can also support the podcast by shopping at our online bookstore at bookshop.org slash shop slash black. Every purchase you make through our storefront, be it the books on my lists or any books you find in a search from our front page, will support the cost that goes into show production as well as supporting independent bookstores nationwide. Thanks again for joining us today and happy reading.